0: Hey guys, welcome back to the King Kumar podcast, where your dreams and goals will become a reality to the amazing people that I interview. Now, before we get into this podcast, I want to share with you guys a quick disclaimer. So both me and Ali had some technical difficulties. Um, it shouldn't hopefully make the audio quality too bad, but there are some. there is a slight buzzing noise that's coming from um, my mic or my laptop, and um, I'm trying to figure that out. So hopefully in the future, um, it'll get sorted out. But um, Ali also recorded his, um, we did the interview, like when he was in Turkey, and um, there's some kind of internet kind connect- of connectivity issues, um, but I edited that part out, and again, I added also the buzzing noise, and I put music to kind of mask it. So you guys probably shouldn't hear that um, noise too much. And you guys won't hear much of a lag between me and Aline because I also edit it out. Um, And, you know, uh, just so again, it shouldn't really mess up the audio quality or the podcast quality too much. But I just wanted to tell you guys this. And also, guys, um, I also wanted to share with you guys, like, um, again, it really helps when you guys listen to the whole podcast. Um, I only made it twenty eight minutes, and it's a two parter, and I only made it twenty eight minutes, so you guys can just do it in one sitting, and um, whether it be like an hour. So we basically in this podcast we basically dive into um, music production, like what it takes to write a like what it takes to produce a great song. And we also dive into, like, um, how he's doing, what life is in Turkey. And uh, we dive into, like, how to market yourself, like, how to market your podcast or your music. So all that good stuff. And lastly, guys, again, when you guys, please, again, as I was saying, please get a whole podcast because um, that really helps. And also, when you're done, if you could just leave me a rating on Apple Podcast or Google Podcasts, it truly helps the show. And as always, guys, don't forget to share it with at least three of your friends. And I'll remind you in the end to also do this. So again, guys, thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the King Kumar Podcast. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Ali. Ali, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: It's a pleasure to be here, Kumar. I'm doing good. Just
0: came from a shopping spree in Turkey. That's awesome. What is is Turkey like compared to the U.S.? What are kind of some of the differences or similarities between Turkey and the United States?
1: Turkey is... Turkey compared to America in COVID rates, way less. uh, But... But you know, masks are mandatory in some areas, in most areas not. But in terms of culture, Turkey has like a warmer culture whereas America's like, you know, I don't know you, I see it, nope. I don't say hi unless I actually know you. It's like every, there's just warm people here, but now the drivers, they're wild.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I went to India and in in the end there were these two cars, like literally an inch or two apart, like probably more than an inch, like a foot and and there was like this little motorbike that just went through it it was crazy yeah like how's like life there like in like how kind of to describe in your best words, like how life is. Because like what I'm trying to get at is like in the United States, right? You can go to a McDonald's maybe like a mile or two away. Like how is that like in, in, in Turkey? Like is there like shops right outside your house? How does that whole process look? Like how is, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, let's see. There are, I mean, there are hella McDonald's here. We literally have one right by my house. Uh, but there are lots of kebab places, gyro places. We got lots of pizza places here too. But a lot a lot more turkish food focused uh let's see wi-fi slow <laughs> yeah to find a fast wi-fi network here oh my gosh even the one i'm using it's like it's two floors up and it's barely hitting 16 megabytes per second
0: oh interesting yeah i i can. your wi-fi is pretty good from what from what i'm, I'm here like is there like any street food in like turkey or, or anything
1: there are a lot of street shops yeah yeah um like corn on the stick ice cream places places like that small little small little uh people in carts rolling rolling stuff like, yeah we call them durims and st- durums, where it's like wrapped in bread
0: interesting so like i heard like there's like isn't there like a famous turkish ice cream man if i'm not mistaken is that close to where you live that guy
1: i don't know who you're talking about actually
0: oh i know You
1: yeah. know there's this guy with like a beard that goes up like this and then he's like bent over with a chef's hat. Are you talking about him? When she's like, modest you know, ice cream." I
0: think I think there's like like there's like kind of like a game like of Turkey the, the Turkish ice cream man. I don't remember what it was. I might be thinking about something else. Um, but yeah, I think like he's really famous and like he people try to beat him on something related to ice cream. But uh, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, he's really popular. But how is Turkish ice cream? Like, speaking of ice cream, is it like you different than the United States?
1: Depending on the region, bro. In Antalya, there's this ice cream called Yanak Donderma, which is basically like burns, where they burn the milk and then uh, put it in with the ice cream, make ice cream out of it. So good, especially the vanilla flavor. Uh, anywhere else, we're talking about ice cream. I like, so in America, I like Oberweiss ice cream cause like the milk is creamy and it melts on your tongue. I think Yannick. Don't the most ice cream really good ice cream and then the one i just described with like the milk theme burnt but Oberweiss in america same same type of flavor not same but i, I think it's really quality uh mm. yeah but compared i like the turkish one
0: yeah i gotta give it to you i would have to agree with you like i'm not a baked ice cream dude like i like milkshakes a lot and compared to other milkshakes like i don't know if you've had andy's before but Oberweiss is so good like probably one of the best things, and it's also based in Chicago, so people who are listening to to Chicago might not know what Oberwise is, so it's mainly in Chicagoland, yeah, I would agree with you, Oberwise is so good, anyway, so let's talk about you, man, so how are you, first of all, like, I didn't ask you, like, how, how are you doing today?
1: I've been doing good, um, I drove from the village, middle of nowhere, to the city, uh, just to get my microphones and stuff, because I left in here, we had house construction going on, so I was helping with that. Um, today's been good though. I got myself a couple button ups to try to up the style.
0: How about you? I'm doing pretty good, yeah. I'm, I'm um, I'm gonna be working on editing like a YouTube video and stuff, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. What kind of a microphone did you get, like the Blue Yeti or like what kind of mics?
1: I have the shirt SM58 for I love recording guitar on it, and then I have the Rode NT1A for vocals.
0: Wow, that those are very expensive, right? The shirt is like four hundred dollars and then the road is I'm gonna have to say around two hundred.
1: The road is two fifty, the you're talking about the short SM fifty eight. I think
0: Yeah, like the one that Joe Rogan uses. Oh no no i think it's 7b that's what you're talking about
1: 7b the big circular one that's 400 but i have the hundred dollar vocal mic
0: oh interesting is that good for like podcasting or just like music it's it's basically an
1: all-rounder you can record podcasts you can record vocals you can record uh i mean podcasts and vocals are the same thing but you can record instruments it's it's basically used all round. yeah the sm50s are also ultra du- durable so you can like bang them everywhere. They're basically used on every stage you see.
0: Oh, interesting. That's cool. So how would you grade the, like the audio quality and stuff?
1: The dynamic one, which is the Shure SM58, because it because it's dynamic, it doesn't take in as much background noise as the vocal mic does, the NT1A. But both the audio quality is crisp. A little bit less on the high end for the Shure, but you know. Mm-hmm. You gotta make do with what you
0: have. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, have you ever used like the blue yeti at all when you sing at all?
1: I've not experimented with blue, but my friend he got he got one. His his vocals sound crisp on it.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, so I like. Think-
1: the three hundred
0: dollar blue one. Oh. Oh. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Like that's something that I'm struggling with, dude. Like my 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 blue yeti sounds good. Like I mean, but like other YouTubers use the same thing, and I don't know how they get that like that audio. Like it's so good. Like when they do it versus me, like I don't know how they kind of audio engineer it out at all, or if they do. Like I don't know what they do, but their yeti sounds so much better than mine. Is your room soundproofed? Um, a little bit, but not too much. Like I have, like I can't yeah, show you. Me on the back, but in the front, it's soundproofed. So, like, I have like a few ones here.
1: So, uh, I more than the mic, because you can make a you can make a crappy mic sound good. It's just EQing and stuff. You just need a good environment. That's I think. As long as you put in a little more isolation pads right behind where you speak, you'll, you're good.
0: Okay. I could probably do that and probably move some of mine. But anyway, let's talk about how did you get into music? Like, how did you first fall in love with music and singing? Kind of describe that first time when you fell in love with music. The first
1: time I ever had an interaction with music was, I think, in 2008, 2009. My parents bought me a violin, right? So they were learn, learn, become, you know, have some arts and crafts in you. So I was playing the violin. It was fun, but it was boring to me. Like, I just don't like classical music at all. <laughs> and I stand by, I just, it puts me to sleep. I'll only listen to it before bed, if any. But um, yeah, so that was my first interaction. I Wasn't a fan of it. And then I started learning the piano in like 2011 with school. And That was a little more fun. We were learning like Eminem, Think. Which one's the one where it's like, Haley, I know you miss your mom and I know you miss your dad, Mockingbird. I was learning that. That was a fun song song to learn but in school they only taught us one hand so the left one so and i wanted to learn how to you know play actual pop melodies and stuff but i didn't know how to do it so i kind of gave up um then i didn't touch music for a couple years i like just didn't do anything with it until and then yeah i had no contact with any music for the next couple years you know delved into coding i was practicing swift python and stuff don't remember any of it anymore but In 2017, like I was lost, I'm telling you. I applied to like 50 colleges. I was psychology for some, marketing for some, computer science for some. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then Ed Sheeran came out with Shape of You. So I heard the progression, the marimba sounding one. And I was like, Damn, this is so good. And then, yeah, that kind of kickstarted it. I was, yo, I wanna, I wanna tour the world. I want a music empire. I want to be number one. I want to be a charting artist. So I told my parents to, if I asked my parents to buy me a guitar, they were the supportive parents they are. They bought me one. My vocals sounded bad. I was, <laughs> oh, that was bad. I remember I used to put stuff up on Snap and people would be like, yo, drink some more water. You sound screechy. And it, I was straining. Like my entire throat muscles just clenched up and I sounded bad, terrible, off pitch. I didn't even know what pitch was. I didn't know what rhythm was till last year, but so I got discouraged a bit, but then I was also encouraged. I was, yo, I'm gonna prove all these people wrong. So, uh. I tried learning on my own until the fall of 2017. Then I had a vocal coach like once a month, which was good. He taught me some stuff, but uh, some stuff didn't click with me resonance wise and like mask mask resonance is what they say. So I applied to UIC as a music business major in hopes of getting uh, vocal training. That's literally the only reason I decided to go to UIC for music business. And I got that a bit. That was fun. It was really fun, but I wanted to sing high. That was, lit. I want a belt. I wanna be a rock star. So I, I had, last year, I worked with a vocal coach to get, my breath support was apparently bad, so I had to, you know, ground up, work on it, realize that, yo, Ali, everything you learned the past two years, just forget right now. Uh, start from scratch, work on the breathing, and then uh, just build onto it. So that's what I did last year. Around time Senorita by Shawn Mendes came out, I was working on basically breathing into my diaphragm area. I wasn't doing that. I was doing something. I was breathing somewhere, lower abs, but it wasn't the right area. It's supposed to be the solar plexus area, which I learned. And then I worked with this Aussie vocal coach. He's my boy. Um, I worked with him to learn to sing higher. I hit like a D5 in chest. It was like a mixed chest voice which was really good. And i like, I'd never done that before. And that was August of last year. And it was, yo, if I can do this right now, I just have to train it and I'll be good, right? So I worked on that. So all of last year, I was just sing, practice, da, 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 da. And, uh, oh, practice, practice, sing a song, repeat the process, that's what I did. And basically working with him, I realized that I was also starting to strain and like hold, it's called, it's basically a glottal stop that you do, which, uh, It's like when you do that, and then you start letting air through, it's like a squeeze sound. That's how I was singing high. And I mean, I can get to a D5 without that. Uh, I could get to it without it once. So I was basically doing something wrong. So a couple more lessons uh, starting in March, and I start basically letting more air in, just work on the tone and stuff like that. Uh, Right now I'm able to get to an A4,
0: healthfully without ruining my voice but the goal is to get that e5 yeah interesting so you kind of want to get kind of to the higher pitches song like kind of you want to kind of get into like you want to kind of sing songs that are more higher pitched than more deep is what you kind of saying
1: yeah like i don't like high voices that are tingy like a really tenor voice <laughs> the entire tenors are going to come after me I don't like I don't like lighter voices up high. Like Bruno Mars is great, but he sounds like a child, right? I want more of the masculine masculinist to it, where it's like a little heavier, but also able to go high. Like Chris Martin is a good example, mm-hmm. or Ryan Tedder of One Republic. Harry Styles is good too. Um, I w- I basically want to get the the ranges they have and the dynamics they have. They can like sing high really soft they can sing low really loud they they have like all of that dynamic range and i think uh because i want to be a rock star because i'm trying to enter rock pop i i want that energy in there because like you can you can train to sing low but that's like a comfort zone right like your vocal cords can do so much more than that and that's that's why i strive to get higher in the range
0: yeah interesting so for people wondering like what is the process like in kind of nailing a song like like how how much do they like practice a song like what what goes into making the perfect song Like, take like whatever you like when you when you answer my question like take like a certain song and say it's okay for this song you have to do x x x and x
1: to learn to sing it
0: yeah so like keep up okay you, so
1: uh i'm hmm, i was working on recently that was i was learning high hopes right um and High Hopes like has those high pitches, like the, it, they're really light, but they're really up there because Brendan Urie's a legend, love him. Um, so the process with that, you know, the lower voice is like, you don't have as much support needed in the chest. So it's, uh, you still need to flex the abs, right? You need to let the air flow because it's a poppy tone. You need that, um, that high end to be a little more airy for the tone instead of like a more pressed that I'm speaking in right now and uh going high you need to realize it's i'm not you uh you don't have to hold on to chest right you can let go that's how you're going to get higher and uh the the range that lets you sound bulkier but also go higher it's basically vocal cords just stretching and uh stretching and contracting in between the size it is at already and the higher you go it's like less of a vocal cord is being used the vocal cords are being used so uh, for the higher, uh, without the technicalities, you'd have to use more breath support, right? You need to let more air pass out without, without uh, sounding restrained, without straining. Uh, the air has to be in tandem, in balance with the vocal energy you have. And that lets you basically hit the higher notes and with my vocal coach like three weeks ago an exercise i did was like tilting back where you just um take a deep breath to the diaphragm and then on like an a or an o or a ah you start soft and like falsetto and then as you go back the energy increases because you're flexing your abs and that lets you go higher with
0: with training okay so that helps you go higher which well, is, yeah so got it because you kind of cut out so i just wanted to kind of reframe that for my kind of my audience here yeah got it got it
1: and then the second part of learning a song is the rhythm which i was also bad at i was never naturally good at it (laughs) but you basically uh there are if it's a four four or three four count you know you go one two three four one two three four according to the metronome bpm right and you You basically have to map out which beats fall on ones so you emphasize those because like ones are the emphasis and then you have to map out uh, Which ones come in like the three and four ends and stuff like that So that you know exactly when to transition into the next line that helped me tremendously work on like the flow and stuff like that but that's the second element to
0: music yeah interesting and how about like so like then you sing like a song like how does the whole marketing process work for you like how do you kind of market your um how do you kind of market your music how do you edit your music how do you kind of sound so actually before marketing how do you kind of edit up your music and make it sound good and how what do you do making the sound engineering side of your songs
1: so i'm a logic program I don't have any songs out yet, but I'm producing. However, uh, for the process, usually uh, my room already is like treated acoustically. So my sound comes out the way I want it to. In the process of like recording the song, I just have to like move the EQ dials a little up on the high end for a little breathier voice and then down towards the mid to not getting too nerdy but towards the mid, just lower the mids a little and then kind of dip the bass in between like the hundreds so it doesn't interfere with anything. But that's basically all I do with the vocals. And then the rest is just gain staging, seeing if everything sounds good leveled and then panning left, right and uh, compression if needed. And the rest are just ear candy.
0: Interesting. And then once you kind of sing your song, once you kind of practice sing your song, You edit it, what what do you go about it then? Like, do you market it yourself or do you ask someone, like, kind of one of our friends, like Jason, to market it for you? Like, what do you do to kind of market it and kind of get those listens up?
1: So, with the cover I made with Sucker, the only marketing I had with it was just putting it on Facebook, putting it on Instagram, and then DMing people yo, I have this song come out. You should check it out. Uh, I would love it if you checked it out and gave me feedback on it. Cause like, I, I I put out a cover in like 2017. It was so bad. Off pitch, off rhythm and stuff like that. So it was an off And I basically did it through grassroots marketing strategy. Just people I know, people I met at events. Cause I'm, I'm big at going to places and just, yo, what's up? What's your name? And then like talking to people.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I'm like that too, like for my podcast, like I just, it comes naturally. Like now we're not allowed to talk to people, you know, with COVID and all, but back when school started, like I wouldn't be afraid to kind of approach someone and talk to them and kind of bring up the conversation and then kind of get them into my hook and say like, hey, do you like this, your podcast? I would love it if you could check out my podcast. And then I would kind of like, you know, share them my podcast. So, yeah, that's kind of a a good strategy that I use to kind of, you know, grow my podcast a little bit. And it, it helps out a lot. But right now, like my podcasts have been really low and I keep asking my audience like, hey, can you guys share the podcast? So like the hardest thing for me right now is to pe- is kind of asking people, Hey, do you want to listen to my podcast? Cause I kind of feel like I'm spamming them, but I think like most of my friends actually care about me and they would actually listen. I just have to give them that reminder and stuff. And I'm, I'm actually working on finding like a way to send them automatic to get them, have them get like texts when I have my podcast out and emails. So hopefully I can get that sorted out too. And hopefully in the coming weeks they can get automatic text, So that's less work on me. But yeah, that's kind of what I, where I am in my kind of marketing my podcast.
1: Another good strategy. I mean, not, yeah, it's yes. It's strategy I guess is to just go to blogs because blogs need content. Right. Um, I haven't released any original music yet, so I haven't done it. What I'm trying uh, what I have prepared for when I do release original music coming later this year is to just reach out to like Instagram pages, blogs, like ones to watch and just have my artist promotion, uh, promotion text, customize it to the site, each person I'm sending it to. And then, I'll, you know, send out like 50 to 100 and one of them, at least one or two of them will get back if i'm doing that much so basically that's my strategy and then playlist uh i don't know how it works for podcasts but playlist promotion for musicians is a big thing right now where you just like a adrian right air i think he makes like new music fridays you just reach out to him uh not you can't publicly do it but you put it you basically uh once you publish your song you like on spotify you go it you select potential matches for your song, like playlist matches that you could put it in. And they basically uh, listen to your song, analyze it. And if it fits the category of the playlist, then they do it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Like, do you actually like pay these people to promote it or is it just like free? For like places like Once to Watch,
1: I don't know. I haven't checked if they're paid or not, but I do know some of them just do it in exchange for content. They're getting content out of it you're getting a promotion. That's how some work, but some of them do charge a hefty fee. Yeah. And then there for promotions, playlist promotions, some of them charge fees, I know, but some of them are just like a matter of you emailing the person that knows the playlist, uh, forming like a connection, friendship with them and basically getting yourself booked.
0: Yeah, I love what you said, that like networking is so huge, like your network, is your net worth and like right now, like my biggest dream is to work for Gary V, as you probably know. And I've been kind of networking with people who just been working at VaynerMedia Media because I know, hey, if I can connect with these people, when a time comes and I need a job interview and I go into that job interview and I have that personal connection. Hey, that's gonna help me and that's gonna be that's if they listen to my podcast they checked out my content they like what they see on my instagram my chances to get that job are very high so yeah but how how do you how do how does a podcast how does a music get in contact with kind of those people like is it just like a google search like other websites like, you know, certain people, like how, how do you kind of find those people? LinkedIn, Every everyone's on LinkedIn. Like it's a given
1: unless you're an artist, right? Because like artists don't usually use it. But if you're anything in like the music industry in terms of um, playlist promotion, CEO of a record label, then you have an email and you have a LinkedIn related. So the best way to do it would be through email because it's like, you know, quick, straight to the point, and it's, like, professional. But you could also you could also do it via Twitter or Instagram. It's just going to be lost, lost in the cloud of noise.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I like what you said before about Spotify playlists. So, I mean, I'm sure you listen to him, but Joe Rogan is now going to Spotify in September. So he gets into some Spotify, and then after that, he's going exclusively on only Spotify so right now Spotify is like really building up their game for like podcasters and like making their platform the go-to for like certain podcasters so that's going to be like really huge for me so hopefully I can see like an uptake on numbers on Spotify because like when Joe Rogan comes on you're getting basically an influx of people who are now going to be on Spotify right so hopefully that should also help me on Spotify like right now Spotify isn't very user friendly for podcasters and even right now like for podcasting that it's very new and all so like there's not as much tools for podcasters as musicians might have I mean I'm very not informed on the subject but from what I've known, like music has been like around for decades. Where podcasting is relatively new, so it's going to take time for podcasting to catch up. But ho- I-, I think I have that first mover's advantage, like of me starting my podcast pretty early. So hopefully that'll help me, and hopefully the influx of people want to getting, who are going to come onto Spotify because of Joe Rogan will be huge for me. So yeah, yeah. Can you hear
1: pod- me? Yeah, yeah. So, do podcasts also work in terms of searchability? Cause I know, like, Call Her Daddy has viewers' titles, but they're also searchable.
0: Yeah, it's very like when I, when I put out my, your podcast, I'm gonna make it very SEO friendly. So, I'm not gonna say like, uh, I'm not going to say an interview with Ali. I might have probably say the secrets to finding the secrets to to your the secrets to going, making your music go viral or the secrets to produce a song or the secrets to, to, to sing, to be a successful musician, like kind of researchable, um, seo so that i can get people to kind of search up and kind of come onto my podcast because like no offense to you but unless you have someone really famous like gary vaynerchuk you have to your your podcast title has to be very seo friendly and it has to kind of drop oh, yeah. people in and it has to be a little bit clickbaity. so like seo is really huge in podcasting so yeah
1: if you don't have if you don't have a verified check musician that's basically the way to go
0: yeah <laughs> So speaking of the secrets to producing like a great song, kind of tell me what are, what are your secrets to producing a great song? So that this is not a clickbait podcast.
1: Secrets to producing a good song. For me, lyrics come first. I just write whatever it's on my mind. I have like, I have melodies in my head because I've done enough theory and enough. Uh, I've been in the scene just practicing for long enough. So I have like a melody in my head, right? And then I sing into my voice memos, a slight demo. And then I take that, I find the root note, get like the chords in and stuff like that. Whether it's in the key of A major, C minor, uh, you know, get the right key, uh, map out the BPM. And then for, for me, production is all about simplicity. Like you could have a thousand tracks, but Do you really need a thousand tracks if you're a vocal artist or or it in general do you really just need a thousand tracks no not really you at max like on stage you see people you see a drummer you see a bass guitarist you see a lead guitarist you might have a background guitar or like a one that just plays chords and then you have the singer the vocalist and then you have keys too right so at max seven to seven instruments seven to ten but the vocals obviously with like harmonies and uh background vocals and all of that they take up like 30 tracks if you're not as advanced as like Demi Lovato if you don't have that skill and then the right people around you so it but the in the entire concept for me is simplicity just keep it simple what do you want what do you want in the song right for me because i'm i want to do I'm doing pop rock music uh, it's more guitar based I have guitars in it I have keys I have an electric guitar and then I have acoustic or electronic drums depending on what type of music I want what type of beat i have and then it's vocals first vocals is my primary so you choose what you want to be the sound in it and then you just uh based off that you just produce uh add in elements little ear candy you know transition for like transitions and stuff like that and yeah. then boom it's a song
0: hey guys so i hope you enjoyed part one of the podcast and i hope you found a ton of value in terms of how to market your podcast how to go about marketing your songs um how to go about you know if you're not necessarily a great singer how to become a great singer and i hope you learned like what life is in turkey and i just hope you guys kind of enjoyed the podcast and um Follow me at Instagram. My Instagram is KingKumar and then a little underscore 23 or on Twitter, pod, And, um, yeah, those are the main two platforms that I kind of use. And if you guys would actually like to be on my podcast, um, email me at adbkumar05 at gmail.com and we can get something sorted out. And if you guys want to like any any um any guests you guys might want me to um interview also email me or dm me on instagram or twitter and i will try to get them on and lastly if you haven't done so already guys um don't forget to share it with three of your friends and also don't forget to rate and review the podcast anyway guys i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and i hope you guys found immense value And, yeah, guys, thank you again for listening. And it means a lot that you guys are sticking with me. And, yeah, anyway, thank you, guys, and peace.